So it's a, it's a great day. I hope you're enjoying this day in Dublin, uh, Luke. It's sort of um, it's uh, the weather's actually pretty amazing for this time of year after all the the rain. Absolutely. Oh no, of course, of course it is. This summer has been very poor now, but. I've been fortunate enough to uh, being from Wexford originally. Uh, I, I tend to get that kind of good weather more often than up in Dublin. But you'd be surprised sometimes you, you drive up to Dublin and it's nicer up here. But um, no, it's always nice to have the, the good weather. Sure, yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, as for people from Ireland, first of all, I'm talking to Luke Kyo, who is um, a really interesting telecoms analyst um, of the Irish market, but also other markets. So I'm really interested to hear what he has to say. And uh, uh, for people who don't know Ireland, uh, uh, Luke's from Wexford, which is called the sunny southeast, which <laughs> in Irish terms means it only rains every second day instead of every day, but uh, still, still exactly. a beautiful area. But uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on board, uh, Luke. No problem at all. Th- thanks a million for having me, Pat. I'm, uh, I've been meaning to come on now for a while, so I'm de- delighted to be here. Well, and and what's, um, how did you get in to, to where you are? You, you've, you've done, I was looking at your um analysis for a while and they're they're really interesting they're quite in-depth and uh quite mature analysis of the industry so how did you get into this space yeah it's it's, it's, a, it's a really good question and i i, I get question a lot of times when i'm in different meetings and i'm meeting people because they, they kind of look at me and they're kind of a lot of them anyway are taken aback by kind of my age and kind of, uh, my, yeah exactly exactly <laughs> particularly you know in in the context of the telecoms industry you know it's very much kind of dominated by you know older male individuals you know mm-hmm. and there hasn't been much kind of newcomers to the industry certainly not uh many females as well um which which is unfortunate and you know there is some positive science that is changing which is which is great to see but uh how i would have started originally and it's probably a really kind of unconventional uh uh route is um I, when when i was younger in in secondary school i was always kind of mesmerized and really interested in smartphones and the smartphone market you know this was at a time when you know each year there was huge leaps in in in, yeah. in the phones and and mm-hmm. you know in the innovations that were there and i said god i, I i'm really interested in these phones but you know i didn't really have a community of people around me that were interested in the same type of thing you know they were all out playing football or hurling or something like that you know um and uh, i just didn't have access you know these phones were expensive i wasn't able to obviously buy all of them and get access mm-hmm. to all and see all the features so uh i just one day I decided that my uh, my dad, in fairness to him, he, he encouraged me heavily. Um, one day I decided that uh, I would get in touch with Anne O'Leary, uh, which I'm not sure, I'm sure you know Anne. She's the, she was the CEO of Vodafone Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, we pinged her an email and uh, Anne was very good. She, she came back and uh, she said, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and she sent out some mobile phones for us, uh, for me to review. And, uh, oh, wow. uh, you know, this was a, it was a very very kind gesture um wow. uh, on Anne's behalf you know yeah exactly fair exactly juice to, fair juice to you in fairness for having the initiative well yeah yeah no it's like what it, when I look back I would see it as kind of one of the biggest door openers for me and it's a big lesson you know that like you have to kind of put yourself out there to in order to, to get things you know um so when Anne sent out the devices I kind of set up a website and started reviewing the wow, the phones wow. and the phones and that and Brilliant. just for some con- some context here that would have been maybe like the middle to uh, middle of secondary school or high school in uh, as it be known yeah. um, stateside so you were a teenager 
teenager exactly a young teenager yeah. um so you know it was uh it was a very very early start but then kind of my relationship with the different operators kind of blossomed from there so i would have Anne would have invited me in to meet some of the network team in vodafone at the time um and to, to meet some others and then i subsequently developed a relationship with the other operators like three for example and air invited me to some press briefings and it kind of went from there and among others as well and um uh, you know, I just try. I was so kind of interested and passionate in this space, um, and from there, kind of, I started to set up uh, my own LinkedIn. And I have to say, it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made mm. in terms of the number of doors that it has opened. You know, again, it was me kind of trying to search for a like-minded community of people that were interested in the same space, you know, that I couldn't get by just simply, sure. you know, ro- roaming around Wexford or, you know, whatever, um, yeah. particularly, especially at, at my age. So so I kind of started creating like different types of blog pieces. Obviously, I was using my website. Um, and, and just it, just for people, what's your website so people will know? Uh, uh, Lukio.com. Uh, now, it hasn't, it hasn't been, it's not my main form at the moment, but um, I have a few kind of uh, exciting projects coming down the line um, in relation to, in to the website so i would say to people to, to keep tuned but um no so it's a, my, my kind of whole exposure to, to the industry has kind of started at that point sure. um towards the end of high school uh, secondary school i would have uh, started working with a number of different companies who would have reached out to me um through linkedin and through other mediums so um i got involved very early on with dublin city council and their smart city unit and uh, Jamie Cudden who uh, who leads up the, the smart city oh, unit he's oh. absolutely phenomenal at what he does um he uh, kind of saw some of the stuff that I had been posting um on LinkedIn and invited me up to uh, to the Docklands at the time and you know this was at a time when 5G wasn't yet a thing in Ireland there was no national policy initiative you know there was no coordinated direction being taken by the ecosystem in Ireland both at a you know an industry academic and government level and Jamie you know was one of the first to actually recognize and appreciate this and he you know very rightly decided that it should be the city council to, um, that would be best ple- placed to uh, to play an important role in this. So sure. he kind of brought me in as like a telecoms consultant and well, got well, me that, to start. You, 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 I don't know how you manage your career so well from such a young <laughs> take, uh, take some advice from you, Luke. To be honest. <laughs> I don't um, know. I don't, so, so, I don't know about that. So moving to where we are today, like uh, so Ireland is a mature telecom market. It's, I don't know what the, um, the saturation rate is, but I'm sure it's over 100%. Um, what... Uh, it's it's a good example of what a mature market's like. It was three incumbents. I don't know how many MVOs there are. Um, but do you want to give us a sort of um, a view of the current market? What's your view of the current market, which is really I I found to be very interesting. It is. It is absolutely interesting, Pat. And, you know, it has gone through a a lot of different changes only just in the last two to three years. You know, I would, you know, characterize the present operating environment as extremely challenging for the operators. You know, and I hear that day to day from speaking with, you know, the different uh, uh, executives and and others working within the the three different operators here in Ireland. And none of them are necessarily what I would describe as being in a very healthy position. You know, there is a lot of clouds on the horizon and, and, and that's not unique to the Irish context. I would say that, you know, it's replicated across Europe um in recent years um just the, the high level of fragmentation uh in europe has caused a lot of issues and, and problems for operators uh you know there has been very stringent regulatory intervention in a lot of markets you know high cost of access to spectrum um and then you know on the actual revenue side you know there has been a significant erosion in recent years so in the irish context it was 
principally precipitated by the arrival of Gomo um, in about 2019 when, when Javier Neil uh, and, and NJJ and Ilya took over the uh, Air Island, Ireland and that caused... Um, you know, or, or led to a price war in the in the immediate aftermath, and all the operators um, responded with a new kind of brand proliferation initiative. So you would have had Vodafone launch Clear Mobile, Air had its Gomo uh, unit, and then Three had Forty Eight, um, and that has really kind of chipped away at the average revenue per user or ARPU, which you know is a very important term in the industry um, at the at the low end. Um, and then recent quarters have seen you know remarkably high levels of churn, subscriber churn. Now it is taking bring it off now and it's starting to decline to more uh, normal levels and and what I see the market in in the market at the moment is kind of a period of stagnation um you know there isn't as many big changes or shocks um taking place which some would would argue is a good thing but uh, you know on the revenue side you know there is there is still a progressive erosion of revenues now you know, more recently, the operators have tried to reverse or at least tackle that with um, the likes of in- inflation-linked uh, um, pricing increases. Yeah, sure. The jury is still out on how successful that will be. Um, probably the biggest recent event um, in the market, obviously, has been the Spectrum auction, uh, the long overdue um, Spectrum auction that Comrade completed at the start of this year. And that really you know, sets the scene for what is to come in, uh, in in the next few years. I think I have to commend Comreg on, you know, that the, the outcome of the auction was positive in that uh, the pricing was reasonable. You know, all the operators essentially got what they wanted. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the market is, is, is set now for the continued development of 5G. I'd say we're still, you know, in the short to medium term uh, or, or, or kind of cycle within, within the 5G uh, kind of, um capital investment rounds you know and uh, there, there's still a bit of, to go on that but if you're to look at the operators on an individual um uh, side you look at air it's probably the most advanced and most mature in terms of its current uh investment cycle so they have um, this is in relation to 5g yeah exactly exactly yeah, yeah. So, th- so they are further along the line because they would have initiated their uh ran upgrade program more uh, earlier than the other operators so they have gone with huawei um single ran network and they've invested heavily and massively expanded their site footprint traditionally being the smaller operator they had a smaller site footprint you know they had large areas of of limited coverage you know and they've they've tried to uh, change that now with with new developments so they've been quite innovative actually as well in deploying new types of site solutions you know like these street work sites that are really slimline monopoles located in uh, urban and suburban areas they've repurposed their rural telephone you exchanges you, the average person doesn't really notice them is, is what you're saying exactly exactly that's it and that's the best way to describe it and you know that's 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 what the whole industry at the moment is obsessed with you know concealment and trying to you know make equipment blend into the urban environment you know and that's really really important and will become more important as we move towards you know uh, the the later stages of 5g when we'll have a need for higher frequency spectrum you know that we don't need there'll need to be a denser site grid um then if you if you look at three uh you know three have really transformed their network in in recent years you know they have moved to an all Ericsson network stack apart from they have Nokia for for uh, some of their their legacy equipment um but uh, uh, they've invested very heavily you know they they are investing about 100 million euro per year into their network um they've navigated the consolidation with Telefonica's O2 quite well you know you had two disparate networks with totally sure. different architectures um and and they've managed that quite well and uh, three have been quite successful in terms of you know increase in the enterprise subscriber base um yeah. and, and things like that. 
more consumer um, absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the, the, they kind of would have been seen as the original maverick in the Irish market, you know. But that has changed, and you know that maybe that the mantle now has passed maybe to air on, on that. Mm-hmm. And then Vodafone is definitely in in the latest stage of its. Uh, or, or, or when I say latest, I mean actually the earliest. It was the latest to start its um ran upgrade program, and uh, but they they have secured additional investment. They Vodafone have struggled for quite some time in terms of a securing investment from the group to bankroll their network rollout. Um, they would have been at the end of the four G cycle, you know, seen as the leader in the Irish context, but they have uh, kind of slipped in recent years. Um, but now they are starting to make good progress, and I'm kind of uh, quite uh quite confident actually that that Vodafone will definitely end up um uh, passing out air you know because they're already uh, moving quite fast and and the type of performance that I've seen in areas that they've rebuilt is has been mm-hmm. very very um very very good um so and Vodafone are the first as well to navigate a, a 3G switch off which is a, an important thing that the other operators will have to do in time as well sure. so yeah. it's, it's a it's end of life yeah and, exactly and, and, and uh Luke what do you do you, do you could you say a little bit about, do you think Oran has any uh, impact? And also, what about private 5G? Absolutely. So so Oran is, is is a fascinating space and it's moving very fast and it's definitely still in its infancy. I think anyone that says otherwise is not, you know, is detached from reality. It is definitely in its infancy still. Um, whether it's ready for prime time, you know, it, it, the jury's still out on that. It depends on the network requirements. I know in the Irish context, um, we are extremely fortunate to have such a vibrant ecosystem of indigenous players in the Oran space from Druid software, you know, to SAS uh, radio. Um, you know, we have Alpha Wireless, we have Thaudlas, and we have so many different companies in the space here um, that are, uh, you know, catering to different aspects of the network stack um you know and, and I, I do think it I, and i met a lot of those companies at mobile world congress earlier this year and I, w- I was really kind of enamored by um how quickly they're moving the global exposure that they're having druid in particular now has signed a lot of deals for private networks you know stateside in the us but also in other countries like france you know uh in europe and uh it's, it's the, the place is moving quite fast and it's really unique uh that ireland you know has a foothold mm-hmm. in this you know in a way that wouldn't have had in other maybe traditional telco uh spaces so i think it's a great opportunity we have it's a pity that um you know from a national perspective the government really haven't uh leveraged this better and you know maybe uh supported it more and uh i would say from my view one of the biggest kind of inhibitors of of progress and innovation in ireland at the moment in the networks on the network side and telecoms is the kind of slow pace at which comreg is kind of dragging its heels in releasing additional spectrum for local area networks like what has been uh released in so many other countries in in europe very successfully in the likes of germany france uk you know and obviously in the us market you have spectrum like cbrs and that really is the foundation of you know private networks and And um, do you see this as a burgeoning area do you see private 5g as as a growth market it's definitely a growth market you know in the irish context you could argue that you know maybe the growth isn't as uh is, is not going to be as large as it would be in some other economies you know because it's it's particularly useful in the manufacturing environment sure. you know in heavy sure. heavy industries and we, obviously we don't have that in ireland but still um you know the, i i do see the private network space blossoming you know for, for everything from hospital deployments you know medical deployments to universities education sites you know there's, there's so many different use cases for it and there's real momentum now in in other countries around the world the us you know there has been some concern that 
you know, maybe the pace of rollout in this, in, in, with CBRS, for example, has maybe been a little bit below expectations. But, but you know, I feel we will get there. And I think as the friction um, caused by traditional methods of working kind of reduces. So things like eSIM, new technologies that are enabling faster onboarding to private networks, you know, um, yeah. when we move to 5G standalone, you know, um, it'll reduce the requirements for, you know, equipment. Um, all of those kind of uh, different parallel streams of innovation coming together will, I suppose, support the likes of uh, private yeah. networks. And, and and foundation is Spectrum as well, Spectrum Access and regulators like Comreg, like Ofcom in the UK, the FCC, you know, have to be um, really keeping up with the demand uh, from from industry and be ahead of it as well, you know. Um, right. and, um, uh, um, Luke, what, do you see any other factors affecting the industry in the future? I mean, it's a mature industry now, as you point out, there's the incumbents are fighting each other, there's ARPU erosion, there's technology change. Um, the question, one of the questions, I guess, is for, our, for our, the operators is, can they take advantage of these sort of developments such as ORAN or private 5g i mean what do you think where do you think the industry will go is there anything else that we should consider it's it's a really good question um so it is and coming back to what you mentioned there about you know will it be the operators that take advantage of these new technologies you know i'm not sure if it will you know the market is changing and if you look at the the landscape and kind of encroachment of even the tech industry on the telecoms market so you look at amazon and aws you know and microsoft with azure and they are moving quite heavily into the private network space themselves they've end-to-end solutions you know whereby they'll do everything from the actual core side to the radio side you know they'll bring together the different partners and they have, you know, a history of being able to innovate, you know, they have the scale, um, they have the kind of international presence and clout that the operators, you know, that are siloed into individual markets don't have. So I see, you know, huge kind of advantage that the tech yeah, calls have. I mean, my own feeling is that um, fundamentally the, the mobile operators are marketing organizations and culture and that the, you know, for good reason, and that say the tech companies are, clearly more technically driven so i think in a in a fight uh based on technology it's pretty clear you know who's going to win um, exactly yeah. and and yeah. i think what, what what's really in my view probably the, the biggest evidence yet and the, the most glaring evidence that the, the telco industry in its current form has you know reached the end of its road is the current legislation that is being debated at a European level in the European Commission about this fair share deal and for anyone that doesn't know essentially it's a proposal for um, tech companies profits to be taxed and a proportion sure. of that tax to be invested in uh, network deployment so, so telecoms operators would be able to uh, access some of the funding uh, to support network rollouts and the argument from the telco industry is that you know these uh, companies like meta and netflix are generating um huge quantities of traffic you know and it's burdening their networks and and you know requiring a lot of capital investment you know but 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 really at the end of the day um i i think it, the legislation is very misplaced i think it'll cause a lot of problems in the in the long run in terms of a uh, priority tiers of access for different types of companies i think it's a dangerous route to go down and it shows that there's an innovation drought in the telecom market that this is the last lever they can pull you know yeah, to be right, able yeah. to, to survive yeah. yeah no it's 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 tough uh, i mean it's just the nature of these industries and um like I'm a long-term mobile guy, but I even I could recognize the lack of innovation um, at operator level for a long time. I mean, there was certainly things that were tried and some successful, some not. But the likes of Meta, as you say, the likes of Meta, the likes of Google, you know, are coming in with a greenfield and they've no, they can take any route they want that's 
going to work. And like in fairness, say to Google, I mean, obviously uh, Android is a huge success, but they they had a couple of dogs as well. You know, I mean, there's particularly around messaging, which I know very well. Um, ah, absolutely, yeah. I, I can the, the graveyard of Google messaging services is very expansive. <laughs> now, look, I mean, I, that's the consequence of innovation. Like, I'm not, or I don't think either of us are in a, talking about Schadenfreude here. We're talking about like. You need you need to go to try it, you know. Exactly, uh, and I suppose that's a really good point that you made there. And you know, the scale that Google has, you know, and Alphabet has as a company means that they're able to absorb these kind of mistakes, you know, mm. and they're able to, uh, you know, proverbial terms, they're able to throw so much shit at the wall that you know eventually some of it will stick, you know, and they have the, the you know, they have the, the financial capability to do that, and it's much tougher for operators to do the same, you know, especially if you know the profitability is on the floor, you know, um, their shares share price has really collapsed. If you look, even in the US, you know, the US is often held up as kind of a bastion of a successful uh, market in terms of operator returns and revenues, and even Verizon, AT and T, you know, their stock performance has been very poor in recent years is at 30 year lows um and uh, they've invested hugely in 5g and while there is some early signs that you know there there, there is an increase or uptick in monetization of, of of the network deployments it's it's not going to uh be enough I, I i think um and that's despite you know the downsizing of the market there with the consolidation of um t-mobile with sprint you know so mm. there's a lot of challenges uh, the us is a very different market than europe you know uh, and i really do see in the european context you know a massive continued increase in consolidation the uk market is a good example uh, vodafone and three are you know trying to get their merger across the line there um i think you know from an outsider perspective um that that's you know it, it, it's required for viability of you know the competition yeah. and investment moving forward so it's a it's moving fast um you know i think you know there's a lot of times that people present a doomsday scenario for, for telecoms operators and you know we have to remember that they're still you know bringing in a lot of revenue you know they still have large cost yeah. subscriber bases and this won't disappear overnight yeah, you know, it's, it's I, look, I, I was in telecoms and I know how long uh, the long tail is. You know, it's it's sort of one factor people underestimate is people behave a certain way and it's hard to get them to change. Um, okay, look, look, that was really interesting. Again, uh, like your your scope and your breadth is um, really interesting. So, so you were saying earlier you have a slightly unusual hobby, shall we say that uh, you know you you like swimming, ocean swimming, yeah. I do, I do. Especially when I've been from Wexford, there's so many beautiful beaches along the yeah. coastline, but only about twenty minutes from my house. So I was only, uh, I was thinking now later on, I might go out to the. To, so I'm actually working in Dublin at the moment, so I might go out to the the forty footer vehicle. I love. I'm a big fan of running actually as well. And oh. probably comes comes from my dad. He's a he's a big runner. So uh, no, I try to get out for running and all. And uh, no, it's I just find it's really good and to keep fit and healthy and uh, you know for the mind and all like that to unwind after a day of work or whatever. No, it's 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 really good right no that's yeah it sounds like you're a lot more active than i am anyway but uh yeah the, the first just, <laughs> just for people who are there in the 40 foot's a famous uh swimming um location in in docky i think it's docky yeah um, it's a black rock black rock, black rock yeah black rock, sorry uh yeah and yeah on this podcast the uh guest uh gets to talk a bit about music and what they like and nominate the playout song so i generally don't i don't know what what you're going to say so it'll be interested to hear if any do you like music 
I do. I love music, actually, Pat. I, it's, uh, it's, uh, I see it as a core part of my fabric. I really do like music. And I've actually been to a few different concerts this summer. I've been very fortunate. Like, the, the, it's great to see the, the kind of music scene rebound, you know, post-pandemic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I absolutely love music. Um, and... Uh, you know kind of a diverse variety of music as well you know i'm i'm i kind of like a lot of things and you know my taste for and a love of some kind of bands like you too will be seen as quite uh you know old-fashioned in my age group now but uh no no nonetheless i you know i like a wide variety of music yeah yeah and uh, um what are any other music what other gigs have you been at this year so I've been to a few different gigs. So I was at uh, one, uh, a few in Fairview Park. I think it was Tom Grennan playing down in Limerick. It was uh, Dermot uh, Kennedy. It was wow. Atlanta Del Rey. Um, so yeah, and I, really got, I, I somehow somehow managed to get tickets for uh, Coldplay next summer. So I'm really looking oh, forward cool. to that in cool, yeah. Go Park. That was a, a big effort, and uh, but they, managed they to get tickets. Like- three nights 80,000 seats or something like that yeah it was something like three or four nights yeah mad uh mad and i think dublin is the final step in their world tour i think next oh, summer yeah. so it should be a you know good end a good end so yeah no that, that should be Brilliant. good yeah no, okay no. and what song do you want to play out on i am a big fan of sweet disposition um so i am by the temper trap i really uh that's probably one of my favorite songs and you know if i'm working or if i if i'm you know running or something like that it's really something that gives me great kind of uh you know comfort and uh no i always love sweet disposition okay brilliant brilliant so thanks for being on the podcast now. no problem at all. thanks a million for having me pat yeah.